And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And of course, a quick reminder that if you are struggling with your uh, signal strength or you're listening to you're one of the, 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 the very unfortunate people listening to the delayed broadcast and you wonder why is my news always a day old or over the weekend a couple of days old, then the answer to that solution is very simple. You need to go to faithfm.com.au or grab the TuneIn app for your mobile device and it's just a much better way to listen to the radio all round. Perfect sure signal is. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mon drove up from Melbourne and the whole way was able to listen to Faith FM, no it's interruptions, great. no scratchy signal, just good all the way. I really I really enjoyed it actually. It was great music. It was so different. It was really positively different. It was very you could really tell the remarkable difference between that and any other channel. That's I like us. I All right, like that's us. awesome. I like us too. <laughs> Let me give you another. So we have clue we have we have two we, fans for Faith FM. Yeah, you and me. Yes, <laughs> we are our own fans. Well, let me give I you. I am my own hero. No. <laughs> now, now, Lyle. Let me give you the latest clue for our Who Am I quiz. Okay. Uh, this is actually kind of funny because the last clue was um, this person said, "Give me children or I die," and the next clue clue is. I died after giving birth to my son. So it turns out she wanted children because she thought she would die without them, but it turns out having children was exactly what made her die. Yeah, it's a very um, sad story. Which is quite sad. So if you think you know who this person is... And she called her son Benoni. Mm-hmm. Named her son Benoni. Give us a call. And her son's name was changed. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's one 800 got some similarities with Benoni. You do? No, no. It, the, it, the name that he ended up with. Oh, his okay. father later gave him. Because okay. father changed his name. Yeah, that's right. True. Um, 1-800-324-843. If you think you know the answer to our quiz or 0491-064-669 is the number you can text me on or just jump on Faith FM Australia on Facebook and you can message me there on the wall and uh, and we will send you the prize. Today it is the Soyan Eastern Journey of the Spirit CD music album. Ah, great. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do this morning, something a little bit different. We have seven and a half minutes for this section of our encounter with Godmont, and it's all yours because I have other things to do. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> well, there is uh, <laughs> sitting here in front of me <laughs> some uh, quarters of uh, Cox's Orange Pippin apples that came all the way from Tasmania. Courtesy of my mom and dad. And the flavour in my mouth is bringing back so many memories from my childhood. <laughs> I think I'll just let you do Encounter with God while I eat, eat apples. How about, what about that? Uh, well, I want to eat apples too. <laughs> you were on a juice fast. You can't. I can eat these apples. No, I, br- I broke fast oh, to eat these apples. Oh, you can't eat these apples. I, no, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I have to say, now that I've eaten both the Golden Pippin, which has been my dream apple for a long time, and the Cox's Orange Pippin, man, the Golden Pippin, like... Like seriously, it you know when you eat too much sugar and your ju- your, uh-huh. your throat starts to get scratchy it's and sweeter. you know you've overdone it. Yeah. The, the, these I just ones. ate like a slice of that apple and my and my throat was scratchy. But the thing is, I still think my favourite breed of apple might be the opal. Oh really? Yeah. So I have it hasn't it's been disgusting. Off. I am never going to speak to you again. <laughs> That's going to be interesting for radio, Lyle. <laughs> have you ever you tried? Have, you have offended my. My nationality. Oh, come on Being a now. Tasmanian. Come on. Have you ever tried an opal <laughs> apple? Um, no. There you go. So you wouldn't know. But Where, the, where best do you get an opal apple? You, I found them in Florida. 
just recently, actually. Americans don't know how to grow apples. Well, these ones I've were just, all just Americans delicious. Now, you know, when I stopped eating apples when I went to America and they had these red apples that tasted like cardboard? Oh, it was like, no. No, no. Do you know, I have, I have to also admit. And the problem was, of course, that growing up in Tassie where we had, you know, 100 fruit trees in our backyard mm. and you're picking them fresh off the tree. Yeah, it's, un- and it's you, unparalleled. And, and, you know, you can have varieties of apple that have amazing flavour that you can never grow commercially and you go from that to eating commercial apples and it's just like, yeah, no. Yeah, well, you know, I used to, like I said before, I used to eat apples almost non-stop as a child and there was a point that I got to where I just stopped eating them. Like, I feel like I overdosed on them, I OD'd. So now I actually rarely ever eat apples, not only because my favourite apples, yellow apples, you just can't buy them anywhere. They're almost impossible to find. But I'll eat them if they're like baked in an apple pie or something, but it's actually a rarity for me to eat or even get through a whole apple. I'll start an apple and then... Halfway through, be like, oh, I might want an apple. <laughs> but opals, opals, you I can OD knock out. On apples. I can knock out several in one go. So, okay. and my favourite food since about the age of ten to now has been watermelon. Well, so. I'm going to have to watermelon. That's not even a fruit. That's just a Come on big now. green thing of water. It's it's delicious. Pink it's water. crisp and juicy. I do, I do like watermelon. Yeah. Well, where, what are we doing talking about this? We need to be in our Bible study. Let's go to Luke chapter nine and verse twenty-two. Luke, Luke 9, 9 and verse 22. How did we get sidetracked onto that? The well, you brought up, you brought up the fact that sitting in between us on our desk here is uh, a plate of Cox orange apples. Pippin. Cox's orange pippins. Yes. Okay, so Luke chapter 9 and verse 22. Mon, why don't you read that one for us, please? The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Okay, so this is in chapter 9 of the book of Luke. How many chapters are there in Luke? Uh, Is it like 20-something? Yeah, it's 20-something. 24. 24 chapters in Mm -hmm. Luke. So we're not even halfway through the book. Mm -hmm. We're not even really that close to being halfway through the book. And what is it that Jesus is actually saying right here in the clearest possible language? He's predicting his death, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty – yeah, it's very clear. You can't get it clear on that. You wonder why was it then that the disciples were confused about it when he did die? I know. Maybe maybe they just were incredulous. They're like, oh, no, he couldn't possibly be dying. Yeah, I I think that would be one of those surely not kind of statements that they would Mm -hmm. have, you know, relegated to the back corners of their brain and not even remembered it until afterwards because it was like, no, the Messiah doesn't die. The Messiah becomes a great king Mm -hmm. who rules over the whole world Mm -hmm. and gets rid of the Romans. They didn't want him to die and often our emotions shape what we believe, which is dangerous. Okay, but what does it also tell you about the intentionality of his death? The in- well, did he intend to die? I feel, oh, I, well, he came to die, yeah, essentially, yeah. because that's the only way he could pay for our sins and and free us. Yep, absolutely. So from whenever it was that Jesus could, un- you know, under- understood exactly what his mission and his purpose as a human being here on earth was, he knew that his purpose was to die, and that's why he speaks about it right here. Mm. And he predicts it. He knows the future. He knows it would be kind of hard to, to to live your life with that hanging over your head, don't you think? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I wonder if he, if his, him facing his death was a bit easier because he knew he had the, um, you know, the, well, I guess his assurance of resurrection was not as assured as ours is because someone's done it. Already, whereas he was. Yeah, and this is a really good question. Do you know that when Jesus went to the cross as a human, he actually had no re- no assurance of salvation? Yeah, that's sad. 
because he died what the Bible describes as the second death. Mm-hmm. That's the death that the sinner dies, not the saved. Wow. Um, and he that because that's the penalty, you know, the, the the penalty he had to pay the penalty for sin. The penalty for sin is not the first death that we die, you know, and then of course we're resurrected and spend time with God. That's not the penalty for sin. The penalty for sin, that's the result of sin. That's the consequences of sin. Is not the penalty. The penalty for sin is the eternal death. And Jesus died that penalty of sin, not the consequences for sin. Mm-hmm. Death. Wow. Mm. So in Jesus in his humanity could not see through the grave. Mm-hmm. But in his divinity, and this is where we don't understand that relationship between his humanity and his divinity, in his divinity, of course, he raised himself from the dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would have been incredible, an incredible struggle, and that's why Jesus struggled so much in the Garden of Gethsemane and pled with the Father to take away from him um, that experience. So you don't think he knew that he could come back from the dead? Well, he prophesied it here and in John at the beginning of his ministry, he said he had the power to lay down his life and to take it back up again. So intellectually, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, um, there's a difference between knowing something intellectually mm. and being able to see the possibility of it. He could not see the possibility of it, even though intellectually he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, because it says here right here, you know, he'll be killed, but on the third day he'll be raised from the dead. And this is the difference with us. Mm-hmm. Intellectually, we know that we have the promise of the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But emotionally uh, and in every other way, we also have the hope and the promise of the resurrection that we have absolute confidence in. Okay. Jesus couldn't have that emotional confidence because he was dying the second death, not the first death. And that's a, um, you know, it's, he was paying the, paying the penalty for sin and that's what the penalty required was the second death. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we find here that the death of Jesus was something that was very intentional. That was what he came to earth to do. That was his entire purpose in coming to this planet. Let's go over to John chapter 1 and verse 29, and let's consider how early in the ministry of Jesus was his death proclaimed. How early on, so it's John chapter 1, and we'll go to verse 29, but how early on in his ministry uh, was it clear that he was going to die? And, and, and was it made clear to the people of Israel, the, the people of Judah, I should say, this particular period of earth's history? The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look. I should say this is John the Baptist, not mm-hmm. John the Apostle, but John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and says, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, let's stop there and think for a moment. The moment that he says that, Mm. it makes perfect sense to us. Mm -hmm. But to a Jewish person standing there on that day, what would he be thinking? Takes away the sin of the world. Mm. Eradicating anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. Okay, but when when he's called the Lamb of God, what is a Jewish person going to think of? Ah, the sacrifices. He's going to think. He's immediately going to think of the sacrifice. And here, John is pointing not to an animal, but to a human being. Mm. So this, for most Jewish people, would be a very, very new concept, and they wouldn't have any idea of what he was talking about. But John the Baptist was proclaiming right here at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is the Lamb of God. 
this is the person, this person is going to die and take away the sin of the world. So you think the listeners here understood, simply by the fact that John said the Lamb of God, that the person that he was baptizing was going to die? It's a very good question. And I actually, the Bible doesn't say, mm-hmm. and so I'd be speculating, but in my speculation, I doubt that they did. You know, John stated it in the clearest possible way that then, of course, gave them opportunity to ask any questions that they wanted to ask. But I think they missed it because even those who were closest to Jesus had no idea what was going on when Jesus died on Calvary. They're mm. completely lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 5, and there's a great um, image that is given over here. Revelation chapter 5 in relationship to Jesus, his death, and being the Lamb of God. Of course, it's one of my favorite books in the whole Bible, so Revelation, here we go. Revelation chapter 5, and we're going to go down to, I want to share this contrast, Mon, this will blow your mind. Okay. All right, start for me in verse 4. Revelation 5 and verse 4 says, Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. Okay, so here is a scroll. It obviously contains words from God. This is a message from God. No one is worthy to open it. And so John is weeping bitterly. And there's a sort of a, an indication of how seriously we should take the word of God. Isn't that so? Mm-hmm. Um, the, in, in that it affected John so much. Like, like no. I need to know what God says because, you know, he wants to know God's will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happens in verse 5 then? Verse 5 says, <clears throat> But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Okay, so notice what he says here. He says, Don't weep. Someone is worthy to do it. Who does he tell John to look at who is worthy? The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Okay, that sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've got this book. No one's worthy to open it. No one can do this. But then the angel says, no, 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 don't worry about that. Look over there. Look at that. There's the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. And so he turns to look at the what? The lion. At the lion. Mm -hmm. And what does he see? Verse 6. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. Okay, stop right there for a moment. Do you see that contrast? The angel says, look at the lion. He turns to look and what does he see? A lamb. A lamb that looks like it's been slaughtered. Yeah, a lamb that's had its throat cut. It looks like it's been eaten by a lion. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. So much eaten by a lion uh, because this one has been sacrificed. Okay. So I beheld and lo in the middle of the throne and the four beasts and in the middle of the eldest stood as a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So very interesting imagery that we have here in this particular verse. But it's such a great contrast right here because what it teaches us is that Jesus has the right to open the seals of this book. By the way, do you know what this, the, the, this book is all about? No, I mean, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I wish I could do a whole Bible study on, <laughs> on Revelation Maybe 4 next time. through 6, 4, 5, and 6. Um, and then one verse in chapter 8, which applies to all. Actually, verse 7, chapter 7 as well, through to chapter 8, verse 1, is all about the seven seals. It's such an awesome Bible study. But anyway, what you've got here is imagery of who Jesus is. And this book is a double-sided book. 
you'll find it was written on both sides. Mm-hmm. And in ancient times, a document that was written on both sides, you can read this in the book of Jeremiah, was a were title deeds. Title deeds were always double-sided. Okay. Yeah. That's odd. Title deeds for this world. Oh. Somebody holds the title deeds for this world and it is sealed. So this is not So no one can show who the world belongs to. This is not someone trying to save paper. This is a particular... No, no, yeah. This is the particular document. It is the title deeds for this world. It is sealed and no one has the right to break those seals and so no one can figure out, well, who does the earth belong to? Satan, of course, turns up and he's always claiming that the earth is, is his. He calls himself the prince of this world. Uh, he turned up in heaven in Job's time. He's like, yes, I come from planet earth. That is mine. And here someone turns up with the paperwork and it's like, okay, let's settle this. Let's find out once and for all who does the world belong to and it's sealed and you can't read it (laughs) and no one is worthy to open the seals. No wonder he was upset. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then what you've got is that uh, you've got this great imagery here because the angel says, don't weep. Guess who just turned up? The lion of the tribe of Judah turned up. He has the right to open the seals and to prove who the world belongs to. And so John would be super excited, like, yes, a lion. Nobody's going to turn around and take on a lion, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. We are safe now. We have a massive beast of prey of incredible strength that is on our side and is going to open these seals and prove once and for all who it belongs to. And he looks to see the lion and he sees a lamb that's had its throat cut. It's a bit of a shock, I would Okay, imagine. is there a contrast? Before you even get to the sacrifice part of it, is there a contrast between a lion and a lamb? Yeah, I feel like they're different ends of the spectrum. They are, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The lamb is, uh, is harmless mm. and weak mm-hmm. and innocent. Mm-hmm. And a lion is strong and powerful. And eats lambs. <laughs> and eats lambs. Okay, so what kind of a message do you think God is trying to portray here? Mm. Well, I mean, we did find out the other day, um, oh, you went here, I think, that the line of the tribe of Judah is Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. But then and, the, and, and the lamb. The John lamb said, is John also just, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So are these two different character traits of Jesus? Okay. Or roles? All right. So let me ask you this. Why is it that Jesus has the right to prove who this world belongs to? Well, because he paid, because he was the lamb, uh, and the lamb was the cost. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You put the nail on the head. So when he opens the seals to that book right there, and all of these events are taking place down through the history of our world, what he's doing is he is proving, this world is mine. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who paid for it. Mm-hmm. With my blood. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you can't outbid the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't out, you know, Satan can bid a lot for this planet. Mm-hmm. Because he's a powerful being and, you know, he could, he could you know, raise the bids higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. But Jesus didn't bother bidding. He just came with his, you know, it's like if you've ever been to an auction and somebody just decides they want to buy something mm. and they get bored with the auction and they just bid something stupid, ridiculous price. Okay. I've never, I've never you, seen I, that happen. You've never seen that happen? No. I have a friend who's a little bit like that. He went to an auction to buy a particular piece of machinery in New Zealand and he owns all of these particular pieces of machinery in New Zealand. And when he turned up at the auction, he said, I'm going to buy that. And there were other people there that were like, yeah, you know, but it's an auction. He's like, no, no, I'm going to buy that. So he just walks in and bids, you know, and nobody else bids against him. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And that's what Jesus Done did. Deal. Jesus walked in and said, I'm going to buy that planet. 
I don't, you know, it's, it's a worthless, sinful, horrid kind of a place. But I'm going to buy it because I love those people. And people sort of like, oh, I wonder how much he's going to bid. You know, maybe Satan can outbid him. And he's just like, I bid my life. I bid my blood. And speaking of that blood, we're not going oh, to play yes. that Melissa Otto song, The Blue Sky. And it listen to oh, the lyrics. Oh, our amazing martyrs put us in there. And um, listen to how, you know, she describes the sunrise and Christ's blood and how it applies to our life as a sky. <laughs> listening to Melissa Otto with Blue Sky here on Faith FM. That was by special request by Mon, who was listening to that yesterday and wanted to hear it again. Isn't that, but aren't the lyrics just so, it's not just cute, but it's also really quite profound. And so applicable to what we are studying here. Yeah. The darkness of this night mm-hmm. is replaced by the red of the sunrise, mm-hmm. which brings us that beautiful blue 
peaceful blue of the daylight, and the darkness of our world is replaced by the redness of Christ's blood, mm-hmm. which, which brings us that beautiful blue which is symbolic of heaven. Mm. And it also can be applied to us individually and our, the state of our characters and who we are in our, our personal lives. We apply Christ's blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Do we have another clue? Yes. Where are we up to? Okay, so this is a who am I quiz. Okay, so you should, have, you should get it on this clue. This clue is going to be super easy. I know it because they always get easier. Okay, the fourth clue. Jacob is my husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> well, actually, that doesn't give it yeah, away. Yeah, it doesn't 100%. No, because there were four of them, wasn't there? Well, if you look at the other clues and put them all together, you should be able to get it. But hu- Jacob is my husband is the latest clue. Give us a call. So you have only that clue that narrows it down to one of four. Uh-huh. One of four? I thought it was one of two. Yes, most people do, but mm. it was one of four. Because two famous had, ones and two non-famous two, ones. That's right. Two wives and then their um, two servant girls. Oh, concubines, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, servant girl. He did, he did like Abraham, and it was uh, a bad idea and it yeah. created a disaster. It's always a bad idea. It's, it's never a good idea. It never works. Never smart. Okay, if you think you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or text me zero four nine one zero six four three three nine, and we will send you the prize. Okay, so we have um, next verse that we're going to look at right here in the book of Revelation. Let's stay here because I like this book, chapter thirteen and verse eight. Ooh, chapter 13, one of my, this is one of my favourite chapters in my favourite book. <clears throat> and this is my favourite verse in my favourite chapter of my favourite book. Are you serious? Absolutely. Okay, what verse was it? Verse 8. Revelation 13 and verse 8 says, And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Okay, is that, that sounds good, doesn't it? No, it sounds <laughs> scary. You're like, why on earth is this Lyle's favourite <laughs> verse? They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. And this is why it's my favourite verse, is because the Bible says at the end of time, not everyone is going to be worshipping the beast. There will be those who won't be worshipping the beast, and I plan to be amongst that group, don't you? Amen. Okay, and the Bible goes on to talk about the lamb. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Uh, Jesus. Who was slain. Mm-hmm. Crucified. When? 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 33 AD? <laughs> 31. 31. Oh, 31. <laughs> 31 AD. You were close. Very close. I was close, yeah. You were close. Uh, when is it? But that's not what the Bible says here. He was slaughtered before the world was made. Yeah. But that's not possible, is it, Lyle? How can he be slaughtered mm. on a planet before it was created? Yeah. Mm. This is a good question. What's your answer? I reckon maybe it was the plan was cooked up before the world was made. But then why does it say it happened? Mm, maybe it's just a funny way of saying it in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> There's a principle here. It's a really important principle of understanding the Bible. And if you don't understand this principle, you can get messed up on so many things. Oh, mercy. Okay. This, is, this is a principle, actually, that uh, lots of people get messed up on over the issue of the Godhead. Did you know that? Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me share it with you. The principle works like this. The promises of God are always... So, uh, sorry, the promises of God are so sure that they are always present reality. Hey... So when we make a promise, it may happen or it may not happen. Have you ever broken a promise? Yes. Yeah. 
I think we broke one have. eating that apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I have, I have evidence sitting right here on the table in front of me that you have broken a promise to yourself. Mm-hmm, that's right. Okay, so the promise of God is so sure it is, is not just counted as, but it is actually present reality. Can you imagine that you? It, we we worship and serve a God whose promises are so sure it's as good as done the it, second yeah. He says it. It's, 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 I don't even it's know done. a single human being whose promises are so so yeah. sure that you no. can just count on them to that extent. Okay, hold your finger there. Go over to John. I'll show you another example of this. There's many examples in the Bible. I'll show you another one. This one's just a classic. Uh huh. John chapter five and verse fifty three. No, verse 54. John chapter 6, verse 54. I'll get it right here sooner or later. John 6 or John 5? I'm going to go with John 6, verse 54. Okay, John chapter 6 and verse 54 says... And when you listen to this, it has a contradiction in it Mm -hmm. that this principle explains. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. Okay, where's the contradiction? Um, is it that they're eating someone who then wants to raise them from eternal life? Or how can you raise someone if you've been eaten? Uh, no, <laughs> that, that's that's a uh, that's a good one. But Jesus is speaking spiritually here. He goes on to explain it in verse sixty-three, where he says, "Look, my flesh doesn't profit anything. It's the words that I speak unto you." So he's talking about the words. Okay, the so contradiction. I'm going to say yes. Is that he says they're going to have eternal life when? And then he says, "When? When do they? When do they have eternal life? Present tense. When?" Well, straight away, has eternal life. Yeah, when they eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, which yeah. means to eat in his words. But then it says, I will raise that person at the last day. Raise me like raised from the dead. So yes. if they have eternal life, why do they die? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You cannot both have eternal life and a resurrection. Can you? No, you can't. It's impossible to have eternal life and also to have a resurrection. Because a resurrection is predicated on the fact that at some point you've died. Mm-hmm. If you're still alive, how do you get resurrected? Honestly, you can't be resurrected, can you? This is like the whole second Jesus could not walk into this studio right now and resurrect you. No, because I'm not dead. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay, so what's this? Uh-huh. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, in other words, whoever eats my words, you know, takes them in, makes them a part of themselves, mm-hmm. has eternal life. Present tense. Mm-hmm. And I will raise him up at the last day. Notice that the promise of God that the person has eternal life is so sure that it is present tense, even though that person will die. Okay, that makes better sense. That person will die but live eternally. Mm -hmm. And so the promises of God are so sure that they are present reality. And so when the plan of salvation came into effect, Mm -hmm. it's present reality. So Jesus has always been the Lamb of God. There has never been a time when Jesus was not the Lamb of God. Jesus has always been uh, crucified because the plan of salvation has always existed. Does that? Are you having a puzzled look on no, your face? No, I'm just thinking about how much hope that gives a person. Oh, absolutely! It can just change their whole life if they, if you know, if they believe and acknowledge God's God's promises. If you understand just how sure God's, that's why when God swears, He swears on Himself because there is no greater thing that He can swear on other than Himself. Mm, amazing! Because His promises are so sure. Okay, so Jesus has always been the Lamb of God. He has always um, been 
crucified because the plan of salvation has always existed and that crucifixion would always involve him being born, in other words, becoming the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has always been the Son of God. So Jesus has always been. Amen. There's never been a time when Jesus did not exist. There has never been a time when the plan of salvation did not exist. It's that simple. We are going to listen to Gungor now, Please Be My Strength. And after that, we're going to have the question of the day. Oh, yes. Send us mm. one through. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can just jump on our um, Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and ask it to our wall. You can even text me, 491 and we will answer your question live on air. I'm wondering what our wall is going to say if you ask it, ask it to our wall. Well, <laughs> we all won't answer, but we'll give it a good, a good crack. <laughs> Stand my ground, I've tried to understand, but I can't seem to find my faith again. Like water on the sand, or grasping at the wind, I keep on falling short. So please be my strength, please be my strength, cause I don't have any
at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. And we're back with Question of the Day here on Faith FM. And we have somebody who wants to know about the um, origins of Jesus. Did Jesus have an origin? And so that's uh, related to our study this morning where we're looking at how Jesus has always been the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are a number of passages in the Old Testament where Jesus is called the Son of God. How can Jesus be called the Son of God before Jesus is actually born as a son, obviously, to mm-hmm. Mary? And the answer is very simple because the plan of salvation has always been in place and the plan of salvation has always entailed uh, Jesus being born. Then that requires that uh, the plan of salvation always requires that um, Jesus would be the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And because the promises of God are so sure that they are present reality, then Jesus has always been the Son of God. Therefore, Jesus always has been. Okay. You can't have a plan of salvation without having Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you can't have God without having a plan of salvation because God is love and love is the, 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 the thing that creates love is the power of choice and you can't have the power of choice unless you have a plan of salvation because there, uh, the power of choice creates the possibility of evil. That's true. You need to have the <clears throat> possibility and the choice of evil in order for love to be real. And love has always existed and God has always existed. Therefore, Jesus has always existed and the plan of salvation has always existed. And in that plan of salvation, Jesus has always been the Son of God. Amen. Okay, so Jesus, that does not, you know, and the Bible is very, very clear about this. Let's go over to Colossians chapter 1. We've read this on air a few times before, but we'll read it again now. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll go down to verse 17. I want you to see just how clear the Bible is on this particular subject. So Colossians chapter 2 and verse 17. 1 and verse 17. Oh, sorry. And if you've got some thoughts on this, don't forget to give us a call or shoot us a message, uh, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Colossians 1 and verse 17 says, He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Stop and think about that verse for a moment. If Jesus existed before anything else, is it then possible that the Father existed before Jesus? Is there any exceptions in that verse? Well, no. No, there's no exception there, is there? It doesn't give you any wiggle room. Not the slightest. And so if Jesus existed before anything else, it is impossible that the Father existed before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because if the Father existed before Jesus, then it would say that Jesus existed before Anything else except for the Father. Yeah. So the Father came first and then... No, that's not how it happened. Jesus has always existed. He is the self-existent God. Mm -hmm. That's who Jesus is. And that's who he proclaims himself as. If you go over to um, the Gospel of John, if you want to know who the one true God is, uh, Jesus tells you exactly who the one true God is. In John chapter 8, you've got a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees. And all the way through this chapter, they're asking Jesus, who are you? And he keeps telling them, and they are not getting it. And so why don't you read for us verse 56 through 58, please, Mon. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. 
before Abraham was even born, I am. Okay, I am. That's the name of God right there. He proclaims himself as the great self-existent God, ruler and creator of the universe. We're going to listen to Jaden Levick with What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Savior, still our refuge. 
were listening to Jaden Levick with What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And Mon, we've come to your, hey, I got to do this yesterday. Oh, yeah, I heard. I heard on the radio, giving away stuff, feeling all happy about yourself. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Now I know Now I know why you're having so much fun with it. It's good. But before I give something away, I am going to give another clue. Okay. So the last clue is Leah is my older sister. Okay, if you can't get yeah. it from that, then... Uh, you have just thrown away an amazing prize. What are we giving away for our free offer today? I thought it'd be really fitting if we actually give away the Melissa Otto album that has the Blue Sky song on it, and it is also called Blue Sky. Are so you? it's her Blue Sky album. The first track on there is the Blue Sky song that we were talking about today. Um, you know how it uses the illustration of the night sky, the crimson sunrise, and the blue day sky. Uh, an illustration, you know, of what Christ has done for us, what Christ continues to do for us. How his blood washes away the darkness and brings light to our life. So if you would like to either answer the quiz or be the first person through to get this free CD album, the Melissa Otto Blue Sky album, give me a call. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669 or you can even jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. Or if you just want to email us, you can even go to faithfm.com.au and uh, email us through our website. There you go. And of course, don't forget, if you would like to study the Bible more for yourself, then give us a call, uh, 1-800-324-843, text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook and we can make that happen for you. We do this on a regular occasion. People that want to know more about the Bible and want to do a course in Bible study, Mm. then we can have that for you. In fact, um, down at the Discovery Center, there are about, uh, I think there are 17 or 18 different Bible study courses that you can do on a whole Mm. range of different subjects. Uh, They've even got uh, courses down there for young people and old people and people in between and kids. And and all different topics as well, you know, different life topics like relationships and finances and parenting. Archaeology. Archaeology. It's particularly fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bible themes, life of Jesus. Yeah, whatever it is that you'd like to study, give us a call. We'll, we'll make that happen for you. Or if you'd like to study in a small group setting or by just simply one-on-one. You know, my favorite is just a simple one-on-one Bible study. Mm-hmm. That's how you actually learn the most. That is uh, personal tutoring. And we can make that happen for you as well. We have contacts all over Australia. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you uh, want to listen to the... If you're listening to the delayed broadcast and want to listen to the live show, listen to us on faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app. Very easy. You can just download that and listen to us for free. But stay tuned. We have some more great programming. And as ever, we will see you tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. You have a wonderful, blessed day and stay grateful. See you later, Lyle. See you, Open my lips. I will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord I will sing your praise forever Broken spirit and a contra
Oh, oh, oh. 